0: What skill changes the structure of your brain, is the question that I will answer by the end of this show. Hello, and welcome to the second episode. And Already with the name. I'm sure there's like a lot that you have to say about it And there's a lot that I want to say about it But before we get into that before we even get into that, you know what we have to start with We have to start with our Monday affirmation Because we have to start off the week right, you know, we have to start off with a positive vibe because it's the start of the week and sometimes it feels like we needed another day on the weekend you know a three-day weekend as we were talking about three-day week last week a three-day weekend would be like perfect and when i say a three-day weekend i just mean if there was a way where we could insert a third day into the weekend so that we still had monday to friday but then we just had like saturday sunday and Fun day. I don't know. Like I don't know what the third day would be called, or how we could put it in the calendar, or how we could slip it in there. But maybe we could slip another day in there, and we could call it the third day for the weekend. Anyway, that was <laughs> another like doubt vision into my mind. But anyway, let's go on to the quote. So the quote for this week, or this episode, or however you want to take it, is goes like this just because it's not what you were expecting doesn't mean it's not everything you needed right now and this quote is by paolo chialo and i probably butchered that name but the spelling of how it's all spelled and his name and everything will be in a post that i post maybe on tuesday on the my opinion means and i think instagram page so if you're not following that make sure you you follow us at my opinion means but i think this quote is really interesting and quite i take it in heed because it's really quite motivational to me it makes me think about my failures and how i shouldn't just see my failures as Ah, oh, man, I failed at this. Let's forget about that thing. Obviously, I'm bad at that. No. Maybe I need to just work harder at it. Maybe I just need to train better. Maybe I need to look at the situation differently and approach the whole thing in a different way to better achieve my tasks. Like, just because it doesn't go the way you expect expecting you need to expect the unexpected in life because things don't often go the way you plan them exactly. They never go that way. Like you, you can plan things to a T and there will always be something that goes wrong or something that you maybe forgot to do that you didn't realize that you missed from your checklist or do you know what I mean? Like you, you, there's, so for me, I see failures as lessons, ways that I can better myself or my surroundings to better achieve what I want to achieve. I also think you shouldn't neglect the second part of the quote where it says, doesn't mean it's not everything you need right now, because when you get to that place of failing or not achieving something in the way how you expected it's very easy for you to go into a place of why or why did this go this way or no don't why in anger why in question because why is a question but i just mean don't why in anger in the sense of why me why did it not work this way like yes ask those questions but question it in a way of in how am i going to do better next time don't be so mad at yourself because you don't know how things are gonna go until you try them and do them there's a great brand out there called nike (laughs) And they have a slogan um, that says, just do it. And I agree with them. If you have an idea or a thought or something that you want to try, just do it and see what happens and see what comes of it. Instead of just sitting on your hands and thinking that the phone's going to ring when you ain't put nothing out there for to make the phone ring. But anyway That's the Monday Affirmations I hope you've enjoyed them And let's get into The Winter of Discontent (laughs) Now This is a mad topic Because obviously Last week I was talking about uh, The three day week And that was around In the UK In 1973 to 1974 And now the winter of discontent was around in the uk uh, between 1978 and 1979 and it was it's an interesting time because there was widespread strikes like it started just in the private sector and then later it got it went spread over to the public sector in the trade unions and basically they were just demanding a greater pay rises then the limits of the Prime Minister at the time, James uh, Callaghan, and his Labour government were actually, had imposed against the Trade Union's Congress. And I think the main reason for it is they were trying to control inflation. Not that that's an excuse, but, I mean, I'm not in government, but it seems that the government seem to have a, a really hard time at times to control things when things are, how do I say them? Crazy times. They, they really have a hard time getting a rain on these crazy times. Everything always seems like, um, like the government will never get a handle on things. And it always feels like the little people like us are the ones like that always seem to have better common sense than the people in charge but <laughs> anyway let's talk about some background around the times before we talk about the winter of discontent like we did in the previous episode so for this for the backgrounds of the winter of discontent i want to talk about A brighter time before we get into the darker times of discontent you know so i'm not sure how many people are actually aware but the comparisons kind of came up more so around 2018 when we had that really really hot summer um but i don't think it was anywhere close to the summer of 1976 now if you're a young person like me and you're listening to this, you probably don't know about the summer of 76, but if, and if you're from Britain as well, like, um, so I would say, ask your parents about it. Cause I was asking my mom about it. And she just said to me, it felt like summer went on forever. And I know like with that statement, you'll be thinking, rah, like summer goes on forever anyway. But like, and you have to be right like summer does go on forever there's like what three months of summer but imagine if from the start of summer to the end of summer it was just hot like 30 31 35 every single day and like there was no rain like at least sometimes we get a little bit of rainy period between the sun like, to spread it out, because, you know, things dry up, but these guys, in 1976, they actually had a drought, like, to the point where the, it was, let's start with this, so, facts, (laughs) this was crazy, so, in 1976, the British Isles, or the UK, had the second hottest average temperature in since records began. <laughs> so try and fathom that. So that's like, like, that was the hottest summer in 1976. For like, what, what does it say? For more than like 350 years. So for 350 years, they had never had a summer that hot in the UK. <laughs> and not only that, like what I was saying, they had, it was, the one of the driest sunniest and warmest summer summers that they had in the 20th century so that was summer is like june july and august and they had a drought so <laughs> it is it's crazy this drought that they had it, it was so bad that in august on august the 6th um the uk government enforced an emergency power bill um, which they announced on the 3rd of July 1976 but didn't actually come into force until the 6th of July um, and it was the drought act of 1976 which not only banned the use of hose pipes but also it reduced um, or even turned off domestic and industrial suppliers of water So that means you didn't get water in your house anymore. Like, they had to install standpipes, which are like, do you know, like, those fire hydrant-type things? And they have a a lever on it that releases the water. And they would have one of those for every 20 houses. But this was only in some districts. This might not have been everywhere. And this is when it really got to the worst of things, like... Um, I read somewhere that it said like in August of 1976 it got so bad that they were looking like they had like about 90 days of water left in London and about 80 days of water left in Leeds and the slogan around those times was save water bath with friends (laughs) but you laugh and I laugh but you can imagine like times must have been real like like imagine reservoirs were like drying up and we talk about like end of days like that must have been kind of looking like end of days because like water is something that we i guess we kind of we don't really think about as much because it's always there you know like if you need water you can go to the fridge i'm sure most people have like water in the fridge or you can go to the shop you can grab a bottle or there's water in your tap so like it's one of those commodities that you wouldn't think about it being missing but if you didn't have water there would be so much you couldn't do and especially if water was being rationed like you couldn't maybe have a bath when you wanted to because you had to go out if you were in a certain district and it had a standpipe you'd have to go outside to the standpipe fill up some cartons full of water and then take those cartons back to the house and that would be you for however long like you would have to ration that water imagine it was only two cartons per house so maybe you couldn't even wash every day maybe you had to ration when you could wash so for me just thinking about that that's a mad concept that maybe 50 years ago there was a time where water was scarce and and they were come to a point where they had to put in an enact a drought bill a a drought act even so that they could ration water so that the UK could survive and as I think about kind of comparisons there's a there's a part of me that thinks about this comparison of how things could get to that point again now like I don't know for me when I was growing up I remember winter being so much colder than it is right now and summer wasn't anything we we didn't really have much of a summer we would be lucky if we got a week of sun but since I've been an adult I remember these hot summers like the last couple of years like summer's been so hot and then the winter on the other end has just been so mild like it is right now and it makes me feel like could there be a possibility that the same kind of things that were happening back then could be happening again now and could we have a drought again in the next couple of years is that a possibility if because as i was saying even with the monday affirmations like our failures should be lessons. not saying that the things that happened back in 1976 was a failure but it's a thing that like what's happening now no one could fathom it happening until it happened and then when it does when it went while it is happening we need to now think about how we can prevent anything like this from happening again and affecting us so badly uh, and, and like you, you can't really ex- uh, plan for the unexpected uh you can only Hope that you can put enough in place For future generations So that They are able to Weather a storm Against future tides Um, But Like I said you can't really plan For the unexpected The unexpected just happens And then you have to deal with it And it's how you deal with it Which is what we're Judged on really And I think it's kind of also important to look at more so the effects that the summer of 76 actually had on Britain, because it's not just, oh, yeah, it was hot. Yeah, we could enjoy the sun. But also it had like lasting effects on like uh, wildlife and farms. Uh, Like if there's no rain, then like how do you expect crops to grow? if there's so much sun, and if there's just crops, if there's no crops that's grown, then how, um, what is there to harvest, and you can't feed the people if there's all this sun, you know what I mean, so it affects, like, it's great, the sun is great, but you need a balance of sun and rain, but one of the other important things to imagine or think about is just the effect. The effects of reservoirs, lakes, ponds, wetlands all dried up, <laughs> and even some sections of rivers even dried up. That means that thousands of fish would perish, many birds died as well can like just imagine like going for like a summer's walk along i don't know like in in my land somewhere. Uh, along where you know where the pot where the reservoir is and you're walking along there and you just see Instead of seeing the, the houseboats like floating in the river. You just see the houseboats on the ground and There's just no water That's mad. So it would be as if the tide had gone in On a beach but just for rivers and ponds and reservoirs everywhere it would be crazy or it must have been crazy i should say because this this actually happened i'm saying i'm I'm thinking about it and when i'm saying it i'm saying as if like (laughs) it's a thought or an idea that could have happened no this actually happened and let's go into some more crazy facts from the 70s so I was looking into some more other facts so did you know that Stephen King made his debut as an author during the decade of the 70s in fact he released his first book which hit the shelves in 1974 and the name of his first book was called Carrie also within the decade of the 70s he also released He also released his big novel, The Shining, in the 70s as well. And I also think it's a fun thing to mention that though his first debut book came out in 1974, within two years they had the the book, the book? (laughs) The film for the book out in the theatres so imagine that you're a brand new author your book hits the shelf in 1974 it's a hit from the moment it hits the shelf everyone's buying it then two years later you've got your first movie for your first book that you've just released that's no wonder Stephen King is so successful like the first time he touched pen to paper and created his first story it was a hit from the moment it hit the shelf to the moment someone picked it up and they read it they're like whoa this guy knows how to write (laughs) anyway another fun fact from the 70s is that in nine in the 1970s it was also the start of the earth day celebrations so the first ever earth day took place at the start of the 1970s and the aim of earth day is to help encourage people to learn more about the world around them and how they how they may impact on the environment and uh it's funny that i'm not funny because obviously this is a thing that everyone should do learn more about the world around them um and figure out ways and how they can impact and better the environment um and it's fun that they started thinking about this in the 70s and now several decades later we are still um maybe just getting a foot in in that so <laughs> that tells you something a little bit about changing human beings it takes a while for things to really get in motion but if you don't start it then there's nothing to go in motion for like uh blm for example if no one started that then it wouldn't have been able to go in full force this year because no one would have started it back before so there would be nothing to continually fight for speaking of continually fighting i think is another interesting fact that we should mention not even interesting most people should be aware of this that um the legendary boxer cassius clay better known as muhammad ali um, would wow audiences and become the self-proclaimed greatest of all time when he had his his fight with Joe Fraser In 1975 Which was um, an iconic moment Known as the Thriller in Manila Now there's a clip That I will drop after This Where I Muhammad Ali just like When I found it and I, I listened to it I was like yo He dropped some real facts here He's he's a, an amazing man And he has uh, He's very particular about his words. Or oh, he was very particular about his words because he passed away on the 3rd of June 2016. RIP Muhammad Ali. I don't
1: I don't just I don't think that there's no heavyweight alive who could, who couldn't beat me. I know they're not alive. And uh, when I say greatest, I mean only boxer. In the Islamic religion, we have a saying, Allah-u-Akbar. Allah-u-Akbar means God is the greatest. So I'm not God. I'm just the greatest in the sport of boxing. Muhammad, in the book, you come over as a deep thinker, not simply a boxer. Is that how you'd like to be remembered? That's a good question. Uh, I am a deep thinker. But I don't think deep at various press conferences promoting fights, you have to think small in order to reach the average people. So I gave the people what they wanted. This is no jive. He shall fall in five. He will fall in five. If he don't fall, I'll leave the country. They buy tickets and line up for miles. Is he going to fall in five? What do you- See, man desires to understand that which he cannot understand. First, he wanted to know what was on the moon. He spent $10, $15 billion for two rocks. Now, he don't want to know what's on the moon no more. Now he want to know what's on Mars.
0: Okay, now let's talk about the winter of discontent. And again, before I go into it officially, though I am still actually talking about the winter of discontent, I, I want to talk about the fact that I found it interesting that there is a speech um, in Richard III by William Shakespeare that starts with the phrase now is the winter of our discontent Um, I will actually let me it's a long it's a really long speech but I will read maybe the first couple of lines so this is from Richard III, and it's spoken by Gloucester. Now is the winter of our discontent made glorious summer by this son of York and all the clouds that Lord upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. Now are our bows or bros bound with victorious wraiths, our bruised arms hung for monuments, our stern alarms changed to merry meetings, our dreadful marches to delightful measures. And that's all I'm going to read, but if you want to (laughs) find this poem or this speech which starts now the winters of discontent make sure you search for it it's by William Shakespeare and it's in Richard the Third. but let's talk about the winter of discontent which happened in the UK between 1978 and 1979 now it was a really tough time for the Labour government at the time which was run by James Callaghan um, because like I said at the start of the show He was having a, a bit of trouble with the trade unions And controlling inflation And there was also Like I said this backdrop Of them having the coldest winter in 16 years So imagine like 2 years prior to this You've had the hottest summer f- since For 350 years then two years later while there's widespread strikes and crazy levels of inflation like the previous years where when i was talking about the three-day week like nothing's really changed it's only been a couple of years and the inflation rates are really still quite high so basically um the inflation rates had reached nearly 26.9% in August 1975. So the government at the time had announced a wage rise limit, which would be six pounds per week for workers who earned under 8,500 pounds a year. And this was announced on July 11th. Um, and the, trade union congress general council soon voted in favor of the proposals so there were further limits on pay increases which were proposed by the government through 1976 and in 1977 around july time it was announced that free collection bargaining between employers and unions would be slowly phased back in Which wouldn't have been too bad, but the problems come where by 1978, like inflation had kind of more than halved. So the trade unions were kind of hoping that the government would just take away the limit altogether. But instead, the government introduced this new wage limit, which increased wages by 5% which was obviously rejected by the trade unions who weren't expecting it, but like 5% they were expecting it to just be canceled altogether. So it's kind of interesting to think about really. And another interesting thing that I think that we should touch on during the winters of discontent is while obviously the, uh, the, um, the, there was a crazy, uh, battle between the trade unions and the government. Um, and obviously the inflation there was actually meant to be an election that year but the prime minister at the time james callaghan uh decided to and obviously the government they decided to push the elections to back a fo- to the following year so 1979 which was the year that margaret thatcher came into power um but i think it's an interesting point to mention because interestingly enough uh did you know that the UK was meant to have their um, elections this year, but obviously because of the pandemic and everything that's happened, Boris Johnson and the government have decided to push the elections back a year to 2021. And who knows what could happen. Hopefully we get a shakeup of something different because I don't want another four years of Bojo. Sorry. (laughs) But let's just go over something I said previously, six pounds a week. Can you imagine? So think about what the national minimum, uh, what's it called? National minimum wage um, must have been. Can you imagine? Like if you're getting six pounds a week, what you get in an hour and this is the problem that the trade unions had They they believed that they wanted to be paid more they, Not they believed, they deserved to be paid more And they wanted it to be as a standard That a week with 35 hours And they would get a 25% pay rise Instead of the measly 5% they were being offered by the government And until they agreed They went on strike Which is what they did and till they got their uh, matters heard and there's a very famous quote um that was put in the sun newspaper at the time where um james callahan is very adamant that nothing is even wrong nothing's going on he even <laughs> goes as far as to deny that there is mounting chaos happening in the country And he has this very famous line, like I said, that was quoted in in the headline in the Sun newspaper that says, crisis, what crisis? Um, (laughs) I just find it funny that everyone else in the world, not in the world, in the country can see that there's something happening because they're living in it. And you want to be in your, I don't know, glass house as the government official being like, well. I don't think there's a problem. So let's, let's calm down people because there's not really a problem going on. Don't speak down to us as people. We can see something's happening. So you better acknowledge it. Otherwise, there's going to be a change in government. And that's what happened. Unfortunately, Labour lost all their seats. Um, and then it was another run for conservative. And I read a report or an article. About how they believe that this was the beginning of the end of Labour, the winter of discontent um, they, they believe that this was kind of the first step of Labour's downfall Which is kind of reflected in the fact that it's after James Callaghan and Margaret Thatcher takes over The Conservatives would be in power for 18 years Before we would see the likes of Tony Blair in 1996, and that's that's bizarre. You see, it's bizarre, but then at the same time, it's kind of very reverent of British people because if you if you wrong us as government and you're in any position, like look at the Liberal Democrats when they went in a coalition with uh, the Conservatives. And that was in 2010, and I was David Cameron and Nicholas Clegg, and we were expecting the Liberal Democrats to hold up on their side of the bargain and what they were pushing for, and because they never had enough seats that in um, um, Parliament, they weren't able to get everything done the way they wanted to do it, because every time they would put something forward, I guess the Conservatives would be like, BAM! Not on my watch. <laughs> um, so, from that moment on, we've kind of lost so much hope in the Liberal Democrats that I don't see them ever, like, kind of resurfacing from that, or it will take a very long time before they could make a comeback. Because never say never, anything is possible. And we don't know what the future holds. So it's very funny that James Callahan was saying crisis, what crisis. And it's even funnier that he was how he was dealing with the strike and the aftermath of the terrible storm that the UK had with it being so cold and rain. Was he was in the Caribbean and although he was attending a summit with the U.S. President at the time, Jimmy Carter, the German Chancellor Hel- Helmut Schmidt, and French President Valéry Giscard d'Estaing. And I'm pretty sure I butchered that name, and I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> but he was swanning on, swanning off in another country, in the Caribbean, Instead of in the country, sorting out what was happening, which is obviously it's a no surprise that he then got Labour chucked out. But if you think about it, I really want to kind of look back and thank the people that stroke stroke. Is uh, what's the plural? No, I don't think that's the right word. Striked back then, <laughs> back in the seventies, the guys that strike, striked, and they were striking for wage to be right and uh, us to have the right pay rate. Rates. I really need to thank you because if it wasn't for you guys, we would s- not be having the uh, the pay privileges that we have nowadays. Um, and they were just fighting for a minimum of like maybe like 60 pounds a week like (laughs) they were were fighting from six pounds to 60 that's that's all they wanted man it shouldn't have been too hard but like with most things unless you're i guess in it you don't know how hard things are until you you're there doing the things so i mean although it's Easy for us to judge. We don't know what the const- full constraints of being in government are. Not that it's an excuse, and I'm sure it is possible, but it's just something to think about. Along with the winters of discontent, because they had strikes, they had chaos, they had snowstorms and crazy weather, and by the end of January, there was probably about 90,000 Britons who were receiving unemployment benefits Which if we compare to now And the crisis that we're going through with the pandemic We probably have Many more than that who are on furlough And That's one thing I worry about Kind of how the economy is going to bounce back from this Are we looking at maybe a possible recession that could be coming is there going to be a drought sometime in the future soon in the next couple of years or so uh, is the economy gonna crash let's hope not but these things from the past are kind of like good omens that we should look at but be warned about because although it's happened and we've got over it it could always happen again and though by the end of things the government did manage to uh, have a proposal for the trade unions that they could accept, and they were able to agree, and there were no more strikes. But it took a while, and everyone had to compromise in areas which could make things better for them and to keep the country running, really and truly. And that was the main thing of it. It was cold. They had mad storms. Mad strikes going on and everything was so crazy that they had to weaned it in, wind it in, make things work again. Which is hopefully a point that we'll get to again with everything that's happening with the pandemic. And although us being in lockdown, it's it's crazy and it's hard. There will be a time when we get back to normality and some sort of way i just had a flash and thought about how mad like the underground might have been in 1976 during that crazy heat wave so and i'm also thinking about it because bef- post kind of 2020 2019 any time ty- any kind of times before that like it would be normal for the underground or trains to be packed and people be squashed up against other people. And that was normal. And now 2020 onwards, like thinking about that, I can't even imagine something like that. That's that kind of freaks me out. Imagining all those hot bodies against you. I mean, ugh, you need without social distancing, no masks. Like, ugh, that sounds crazy to me. But another crazy thing is the answer to the question that I posed at the start of this episode. What skill can be used to change the structure of your brain? And fun fact, that skill is learning. Yep, learning. Learning is the skill that changes the structure of your brain. It's a crazy thought to think that something that we only usually do at the beginning part of our life and then we kind of don't usually do as much in our later life because we're not forced to study we're not forced to learn like although it's not a forcing thing in school you have to want to be there to to learn but school is kind of like the 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 um workforce of the of your young life and not workforce as if you're working but like you spend most of your time from nine to five in monday to friday at work and it's the same with school although it's i don't know what hours you work at, what hours are they at school um eight till three or three thirty or four o'clock but it's still the same kind of concept it's about eight nine hours with a little break in between so about six maybe but you're still at school for the majority of your life before and then when you become an adult you're at work for the majority of your life so nothing really much changes between school life not school life um from adolescence from young life to being an adult but like the structures or the not the structures the the foundations change of what you're looking at so i find it to be an interesting fact that learning is the skill that changes the structure of your brain and it's actually interesting to know that someone who is like me like a creative i'm always learning new things and people who are athletes they're always learning new uh, techniques and stuff like that so that changes the structure people even people who are like musicians people who learn to play a new instrument when you learn to play an instrument or you learn a new language you're changing the structure of your brain and it's not it's kind of like the funny thing that i found was in this article that i read it said like it was mentioned in how scientists until recently have only just found out that our brains still develop past when we become adults before that they believed that our brains stopped developing when we when we became adults and i think that's crazy can you imagine like what do scientists do all the time like (laughs) <laughs> I know sci- uh, science isn't an exact science, but you man really thought that our brains stopped developing when we became adults. Our brains are like supercomputers, and y- you'd think that that would stop developing. nah it's always growing and changing, I'm sure. Um, but no more do they believe that. There's been recent data that has shown that our brain continues to change over the course of our lives cells grow they form connections with new cells some stop take, stop uh, stop talking to others uh and it's just nerves you know and that's nerves shifting and changing is how we learn so basically to put it in layman's terms what i mean by when i say learning changes the structure of our brains is that it rewires our brains so the brain is obviously not just this big blob of tissue that's in the top of our heads, or not even in the top of our heads, um, confined within our skulls. Um, like, uh, like I'm saying, it it's a supercomputer, our brain. So if you, if you weren't aware, like it's between six to seven weeks is when a, when the brain starts developing inside a human embryo. And at that point, between, in six to seven weeks, it's already started, like, um, creating different parts of the brain. So, did you know, not even did you know, um, these areas such as, uh, the prefrontal cortex. So the prefrontal cortex is the area behind your forehead which is why it's the prefrontal it's not the front it's the forehead of the front so it's prefrontal it's just behind the front (laughs) and the prefrontal cortex that's the region of your head which solves problems and then there's the visual cortex which controls sight and sound and then there's um another part deeper in your brain, which is called the hypocampus, which helps stores, helps store memories. And, uh, it's also interesting to know that the cortex is just the outer layer of your brain. So let's put this in layman terms again, if I, I'm pretty sure I've said this already, <laughs> um, but <laughs> when you learn your brain organizes and then reorganizes itself so that you're able to use different parts of your brain to learn at different times maybe that's very hard for you to understand it's hurting my brain and my head just saying it but hopefully that makes sense so when you learn your brain organizes and reorganizes itself so it's in a different position so that you're looking at things differently through the new rewiring of your brain which allows you to be more open so i found a lot that while i've got back into learning and studying i have i had like kind of a a drought in my creativity i found it uh, i was so oversensitized that or, or even overwhelmed to my surroundings, I found it hard to actually write anything. But as I got back into learning and centered myself with the learning, my brain restructured, I assume, and it allowed those pathways that weren't able to connect, to connect again. And I was uh, then able to create new things and come up with new ideas and write new uh, and <laughs> write more content. But if I didn't work on the first step of being me And rewiring myself I wouldn't have been able to propel myself forward But yeah I will call this the end of the second episode Thank you for listening if you got this far to the end of the show I know it was a little bit of a jumbled one but I hopefully you kept the gist of where we were going on the winters of discontent and the summers of 76 and also um, if you have any ideas of things that you want me to look into I already have a whole selection of things topics people that i'm going into through this whole series of the more you know mondays every week but if you have anything that you want to know more about and you want me to look into i will definitely put it on my list to check it out um so drop us an email my opinion at gmail.com and if you want to get us on social medias make sure to hit us up on all the social media platforms at my opinion means and yeah if you if you enjoyed the episode share it with your friends if you listen on apple make sure to give us a rating because uh, that really helps the show out uh if you listen to this as a podcast audibly on youtube make sure to give us the thumbs up and like and subscribe oh and drop a comment because that also helps <laughs> but yeah thank you for listening and goodbye oh and before i go next week i'm gonna be talking about actually i'll let you wait until next week (laughs) bye